Welcome to Solving the Financial Puzzle, where every week we discuss the latest issues surrounding the complicated world of personal finance. Each week, join Walter Storholt and certified financial planner Dan Capril as they help you put together the pieces of your own financial puzzle. And for more information on today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. Welcome to another edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Dan Capril, certified financial planner and local wealth coach in Cincinnati with offices in Cincy, Beaver Creek, and Northern Kentucky as well. Dan, what's going on? Hope you're doing well this week. I'm doing just great, Walter. I actually spent a few days down in Florida, which I'll be candid, I'm not a real Floridian kind of guy. Okay. Um, I'm just not a beach guy. So, um, but it was it was nice. We I, I timed it perfectly. We had had a massive amount of rain here, so it was um, it was good. But uh, uh, went down to Marco Island, which I'd never been before, and uh, fished along the various mangroves. I guess they're called. And you are a fisherman, mangroves. even though you're not a beach. I am. No, I am. And so I went fly fishing in the ocean, which was actually kind of fun. That's so, neat. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, everything's uh, everything's going good. We got a. Um, We've got a really great topic today. We're going to get into the issue of technology. I love technology. On the other hand, I like a lot of things. I can see it as something that can be used well, but it can also be incredibly detrimental. I mean, on, I'll give you a great example. Um, I love the fact that investors, clients can go online and look at their portfolio. I think that's a great thing. On the other hand, if you do it too much, if you do it excessively, it will actually play with your mind a little bit because what you're going to start to do is you're going to start to look at short-term results. Well, you're just going to look at them way too much. You know, anything in the short term can be very misleading as it relates to the long term because our brain likes to interpolate short-term results and move them into the future. And that's just not the way life is. So for example, if you had a, a rate of return on a day of say 2%, that's a great day. But don't think for one second that that's the way the rest of the month is going to play out. And when it comes to good news, we get that. I think we really do. I think it's the cynical side of us that says, you know, it's never going to hold. But when it comes to bad news, oh, no, the fear factor kicks Mm. in and it it clearly – it clearly gets us to where we're thinking, oh, if I don't do something today, I'm going to lose 2% tomorrow, 2% the next day, et cetera. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of get, get into some of the, the major technological avenues that are out there for people and so that we can kind of talk about the pros and cons. So the first one is, is the one that most of us use quite regularly, Google. Uh, you know, if, if you're not tech savvy, I think at this point, just about everybody is, a, is a much more so than they were, say, five years ago. But Google is a basically a, a, a giant card catalog that you would have in the library. You just you go in, you, you type what you want to know about, and it will find you a website that has it. It's, it's, it's like this great answer machine. Um, and again, I, I've seen Google become obsessive with people. My wife, for example, my wife cannot stand not knowing the name of an actor or something that she used to know. If, it, if it's like, yeah. you know, what was that actor's name? She can't handle it. So she has to instantly look it up. <laughs> <laughs> or if there was a restaurant that we once went to in Chicago, and I'll be like, yeah, I don't remember the name of it. It's out of my brain. Oh, no, she's got to figure out what that is. All right. So Google can be very helpful in that you can, you can get some good information. But the Internet, as I think everybody knows, is full of good information and bad information or fake information. Um, anybody, anybody can create a website. Anybody can put things up on the website. 
tell half the story mm -hmm. and can be perceived as true. On the other hand, sometimes the truth is buried down into like maybe the, the fifth or sixth different screen within Google. So the thing I always want to emphasize is it, the information is one thing. You've got to check the source. And when it comes to matters of finance, uh, the, the, whether it be the, the cable news channels or the major providers of financial news, you got to really question the source there. So much of their information is paid advertising, and you don't even realize it when, when, you, when you look on it. If you really wanted to get the true source of good financial information, you'd want to look at, at places like the University of Chicago, where you've got a team of academics. I think they've won like 17 Nobel Prizes. Now, they don't write it in a way that's easily for consumption for the average person. But it's truly real. I mean, it's, it's researched. It's laid out properly. So understand that we need to be aware of that. Now, secondly, another area of technology, and I don't think this is a bad one at all either, is robo-advisors. Now, if, if you're in the financial services world, if you're a financial advisor, for some financial advisors, this idea of robo-advisors um, creates panic because what they're doing is robo-advisors are essentially computer-driven algorithms that will manage your portfolio. Now, I don't necessarily think that's bad, provided the algorithms that are being used aren't trying to predict the future. If, if they are, well, let me tell you, the computer is no better at predicting the future than, than Nostradamus was, mm -hmm. and Nostradamus wasn't any good at it either. So understand that if, if you're looking at it for a computer that's somehow going to find trends and, and make moves in your portfolio prior to that, it's probably not going to work. But if you're putting your money, say, like in an index fund, index funds are essentially run by computers. Um, you have a, a portfolio of, of stocks or bonds or something specific. You are minimizing trading. And the only thing that the computer is really doing is doing internal rebalancing on a regular basis. And by having the computer do it, it can be done in a lot more cost-effective manner. So um, so that's another area of technology. Now, it's a new one that's out there. Uh, it makes investing much more simple for some people, but you need to understand what is driving that computer, what is driving that robo-advisor. And if it's, well, you know, we've got an algorithm that will know um, you know, when Europe stocks are going to take off or where you, when U.S. stocks are going to fall, be very careful because they don't have next week's newspaper. Unless you have next week's newspaper, uh, the robo-advisor is, is, is misleading. Um, but in many cases, I'd rather have the robo-advisor than some of the human stock pickers that are out there. So it's just a matter of looking at it. I have a, I have a feeling going forward that the use of automation in portfolio design will become the norm in a relatively short period of time. For the most part, the way that we advise our clients using index-like funds has been doing that for, for 25 years. And as a result, we can do it with a much lower operating cost, which ultimately can translate into higher return. So that, that, those are two things. Uh, the third one, online calculators. For the most part, online calculators are very helpful. Um, the one exception would be an online calculator that you would use for retirement income projections. And the reason I say that is because most of the time, not all, but most of the time, that online calculator is using some form of linear assumption, meaning you plug in a flat rate of return and you get that same rate of return every year throughout retirement. And not only do we know that that's not going to be the case in reality, 
when you make that assumption, you destroy the math of reality because the math of retirement is one of the occasional bad year. And when you have the occasional bad year, you have to sell additional shares to give yourself the same amount of money. So even though the market may come back in the future, and it usually does, those extra shares, they are gone. So if you have a lack of consistency of return in your portfolio, you're going to underestimate the likelihood of running out of money. Volatility will hurt you during retirement. Now, to a certain extent, it's necessary because volatility goes both ways. But a lot of online calculators are oversimplified to where they really don't tell the right story. If you find an online calculator that just assumes you're going to get a flat rate of return each and every year, it's completely flawed if you're retired. You can use it during your working accumulation years, but the math of retirement is one that requires you to factor in negative years and the impact that those negative years um, will be on it. Um, another area that we see a lot of technology on, and, and this is one worries me a little bit because it's kind of gone in a direction different than what it was intended. Online trading platforms are fantastic from the standpoint that, again, you can have your assets in an account. You can go online. You can look at it. You can even make trades. You can make buy and sell decisions. The concern that I have is if you look at the business practices of the online platforms, many of them have learned a great deal from our friends in Las Vegas. You know, you've probably all have a child in your family who's kind of addicted to electronic device. And if you do, go to great means to break that addiction. I cringe when I see a, an 18-month-old playing with a cell phone. You have to understand the way the brain works. And there's stimulation that's going on. Um, your brain has a number of chemicals in it. And slot machines are wired to stimulate your brain. You ever wonder why somebody can sit there for all those hours? Well, that's simply yeah. because they know there's a series of wins they have to give you to keep you coming back. It releases endorphins, pleasure mechanisms within your brain. And in many ways, that's exactly what these, um, these online platforms have, have talked about. When they say things like, you know, only $5 a trade or only $9 a trade, you need to understand that in any given day, there's over a billion trades going on. So four or five bucks, when they look at the average um, dedicated online investor, that person might be making 50, 60 trades a day. That's how they're making their money. Now, so many of these trades are coming as the byproduct of these companies sending you new information all the time. Um, I watched a study a couple of years ago where, where someone opened up an online account and um, just showed the emails that he was getting constantly from that online broker. Now that's done not necessarily to make you a good investor. That's done to get you to trade. And trading can be incredibly detrimental. It can cost you money. It also gets you into the speculation game. So the idea of having your, your portfolio available to you online is a great thing. But if you're going to get caught up into this trading, and now you see it with options, you know, they say, oh, now you can trade options. And the quickest way to lose all your money overnight is to the options game. Uh, where you're basically speculating on, on the direction of, of a price, whether it be a pork belly or whether it be the S&P 500, doesn't matter. You're, in essence, taking bets. And that's one of the quickest ways that you can, you can lose your money. Um, the last area, our buddies, cable channels, dedicate to financial news, with very, very few exceptions. And, and these exceptions are the guests that they bring on 
in my personal opinion, almost all financial news is worthless that you see on TV. It is investment pornography is how I like to call it. Because the basis for almost all those shows is trying to predict the future. And almost all those shows, the, the hosts sit there and they speculate what stocks are going to go up and what direction is the market heading. And they don't know. They have no idea. They think they know. I honestly think they in their hearts. But they'll tell you that they have not always been right. In fact, in many cases, if you took the time to listen to them, like, like a lot of academics do with Jim Cramer, you'll see they're wrong more than 50% of the time by far. So be very careful on that. Um, with few exceptions, like when a John Bogle comes on or someone like that. And there aren't too many. In that instance, then, you're getting people who are going to tell you, look, the market isn't predictable. Buy, hold a broadly diversified portfolio. And don't get caught up in the short-term things. But when you have 24-hour news being fed to you regularly, that's what it comes. So the message I want to leave for you all today is that technology is great. It's not going away. It's only going to get uh, more expansive. Uh, but like anything in life, it can be used for good. It can be used for bad. But we also need to understand our behavior and how our behavior can be affected by technology. And the reason that people get addicted to their cell phones and, and things like that is because our brain kind of craves that type of activity. Um, a lot of studies on that. And Vegas knew that for years ago. And, and it seems like the online platforms and some of these other things are, are, t are learning them as well. So as I usually say, you can learn a lot about investing and, 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 and planning for your future by studying psychology and how your brain works. And nowhere is that more apparent in technology. Uh, the best advice I can give you is if you're looking for something, if you're researching something in a given area, you're not sure where to go, give me a call. Be happy to show you the resources that we use, in many cases the research we may already have available um, at our fingertips, and I'll be more than happy to share it with you. So as always, you can reach out to me a number of different ways. You can always give my office a call at 513-563-PLAN. That's 513-563-7526. Um, or shoot me an email, um, dan at advisorarchitect.com. Or you can go to our website, which has just been refacelifted, mattsoncapril.com. Uh, or even easier, just go to quizdan.com, and that'll take you right to it. Again, it's really easy to get in touch with Dan Capril. All you have to do is call 513-563-PLAN. That's 513-563-PLAN, or go to quizdan.com, and all the information that you need is right there. Pretty cool to see how technology can be really beneficial, Dan, to our everyday lives, and, and, and you illustrate that perfectly, but so many different ways that it can kind of take control of us in, in the wrong way, and, uh, and, and not just so much from that mental degree, but also just that relying on it for uh, even the simple things like Googling uh, the actor that you forgot. You know, that, that yeah. almost becomes a crutch where you're always going to that. You can't just let it go. Uh, and yeah. that manifests its way in different ways in the financial side of things. So, But always keep in mind, even on the internet, I've seen many instances where some of my favorite actors were declared dead and they weren't. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's the age in which we're living in. Always consider the source. And um, if you're not sure, seek out, you know, proper, you know, always consider the source. But if you're not sure of the source, I mean, at the very least, give me a call, and I'll try to steer you in the right direction. Always remember that whole thing about uh, taking things with a grain of salt. Good idea to yes. do that here. 
Again, 513-563-PLAN is the number, or quizdan.com. You can touch base there. Thanks for joining us on Solving the Financial Puzzle this week. On the next podcast, we're going to talk about some of the lies that we tell ourselves and uh, explore how detrimental that could be to the planning process and how you can fix it. We'll talk about that on the next Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle. If you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. And be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle. Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of NPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.